Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hey, it's so good to see everybody this evening. Um, thank you for bearing with us through the technical difficulties. Um, and the God will continue to go forth. I know many of us are logging on. Do me a favor. If you can just press share. I want this message to get out there um, that others might hear. I believe this is a pivotal word season in which we are in. Um, so just share for me. And as you share, I want you to take up your Bibles. I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. I've been on this series um, called The Priceless Proverbs, Wisdom in a Wicked World. How many of you know that we're living in a wicked world? So we need wisdom um, during wicked times like these. Priceless Proverbs in a Wicked World. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 6. I want you to look at verses 6 through 11. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. And it reads as this. It says, go to the you sacred, consider her ways and be Rise from your sleep, a little sleep. and your need like an armed man. I want you to see that again. I want to read verse number 11. It says, so shall poverty come on you like an armed man. Here's what I want to minister from this evening. I want to minister from this subject, prudence against poverty. Prudence against poverty. And anybody who's saying, "What, what is prudence, Pastor Keith? All that means is wisdom. I want to give us some wisdom against poverty. Earthly riches may not be God's will for every believer, but I do believe that poverty is not God's purpose for any believer. I hope y'all just heard what I just said. Earthly riches may not be God's will for every believer, but I do believe that poverty is not God's purpose for any believer. Why do I say say anything without giving you some scriptural context? declares that he for needs, all right? Psalms 37, forsake our needs. And Philippians 4.19 declares that he will our every need. So, so hear me when I say this, I believe that poverty is not God's purpose for anybody knows our needs. He will not forsake promises to fulfill our every need. Therefore, poverty is tied to your access or lack thereof provision. Stay with me. Not, what's in, what, not what your account looks like. Somebody may be saying, Pastor Keith, is it tied to my bank account? No, not what said was not tied. And in reference to your abundance, as we attempt to assess our poverty, we must ask ourselves, what areas do I lack provision? Poverty always has to do with provision. So I got to ask, in my life, do I lack provision? I'm going to keep somebody out of poverty this evening, if you can just stay with me. I got to ask myself, do we have provision as it pertains to food? Do we have as it pertains to housing? Do we have clothing? What we need do we have that we are not experiencing? Ask myself those critical questions. Can, can y'all still hear me? It's going in and out. Okay, I'm, I'm going to change my um, mic. Just give me one second.
Tell me if y'all guys can hear me now. If you can hear me now, let me know you can hear me. I want to make sure you can hear me. Somebody just say, we can hear you, Pastor Keith. Let me know you can hear me because I, I, I want to make sure that this word goes forth. Okay, good. I want to make sure that I did not miss anything that I said. Notice what I said. Earthly riches may not be God's will for every believer, but I do believe that poverty is not God's purpose for any believer. Stay with me. Why? Because I said Matthew 6 and 8 declares that he foreknows our needs. Psalm 37, 25 declares that he will not forsake our needs. And Philippians 4, 19 declares that he will fulfill our every need. Poverty is not promised to any believer, all right, because God declares he foreknows he will not forsake our needs and he will fulfill our every need. So I said this, poverty is tied to our access or lack thereof to provision, all right, not what your bank account looks like, not how many assets you have, not in reference to your abundance, but it as it pertains to provision. So I've got to ask myself as I assess if I'm overcome by poverty, what areas in my life do I lack provision? What areas in my life do I lack provision? I've got to ask myself, do I have provision concerning food? Do I have provision concerning housing? Do I have provision with clothing? What need that I have that I'm not experiencing a level of provision? Poverty is always tied to provision. Yet even more, I want you to understand this, the word need that is found in Philippians 4.19 is the Greek word which means necessity for the journey. Y'all stay with me. This word need means necessity for the journey. So God promises to provide for the believer in every area that is necessary for their journey. Y'all got to stay with me because some of y'all thought y'all was supposed to have big bank accounts. But if it's not necessary for your journey, God is not obligated to provide it. So here's a word of wisdom. I'm not saying that God won't give it to you, but you have to ask yourself these questions because, you know, especially in the Pentecostal church, we love to name it and claim it. We love to decree and declare it. But here's the problem with that. All right. If it's not necessary for my journey, God is not obligated to give it to me. Is the oceanfront condo necessary for your journey? I'm not saying that God won't give it to you, but you've got to ask yourself, is it necessary for my journey? I know you want the expensive car, but you've got to ask yourself, is it necessary for the journey? I know you want to go on that Caribbean vacation, but is it necessary for your journey? That doesn't mean that God won't give you what's nice, but what I am saying, God is only obligated to give you what's necessary. Somebody need to understand that on this evening. God, that, that does not mean that God won't give you what's nice, but he's only obligated to give you what's necessary for your journey. So provision or lack thereof is dependent upon what's necessary for the journey that God has ordained for our lives. Somebody need to put that in the comment box. God will only give me what's necessary because that's going to make a lot of us stop being so bent out of shape when God don't answer certain prayers because we can just go back and notice that God says he'll only give me what's necessary for my journey. So hear this, wisdom will reveal what's necessary. This is the reason why we have to have wisdom in a wicked world because when we have the wisdom of God, it will reveal what's necessary for our journey. It will, wisdom will cause you to receive what's necessary. And watch this. Wisdom will also allow you to reserve or maintain what's necessary. That's good news to me. Somebody say, I need wisdom. Put that in the comment box. I need wisdom. Because in a season like this, when people are losing jobs, when businesses are closing, I need wisdom so that I can have wisdom. Watch this so that God might reveal what's necessary in my life. I know you lost that job, but God is um, really trying to reveal to you, was that necessary? He's trying to um, reveal or give you the opportunity to receive what's necessary, and he'll also give you the ability to reserve what's necessary. I need what's necessary, y'all. 
Therefore, we need wisdom to ensure that we don't walk in poverty as believers. I'm not a prosperity preacher, y'all, but I do want you to know that God's purpose for your life is not poverty. Not for any believer, because he's always promises to give us what's necessary for our journey. So hear this, even in the midst of a pandemic, God says, I can give you provision. So here's, here's a good litmus test. If I'm operating in wisdom in this season, am I operating in lack? will reveal if I'm operating in wisdom. I don't care what this pandemic looks like. I don't care what the economy looks like. When I can have godly wisdom, God says he promises that I'll walk in a place of provision. Somebody needs to put that I want to walk in provision in this season. We need prudence against poverty. Because it's all, it, notice this, y'all may be thinking things real bad right now. The Bible promises us that things will even get worse in the end times. So as a believer, I want to make sure that I have a level of prudence so that I can always walk in provision. And watch this. In seasons like this, when I can walk in a level of provision, it lets other people know that God's hand is upon my life. I, I, I want people to know that God is with me despite the pandemic. This is, this is why I love during this season that I can um, boast on God and tell people that our church is doing better than we were before the pandemic because God says our church is, watch this, operating in a level of godly wisdom. And whenever we can walk in godly wisdom, God says you will always have provision. All right. In other words, so here, here's what I want you to know. We find Solomon in Proverbs 6 outlining godly prudence against poverty. And it's critical, critical to point out before we examine our text that verses 1 through 5 of Proverbs 6 reveals that debt is an enemy of provision. Y'all got to stay with me. I, I want you to put that in the comment box. Debt is an enemy to provision. I know we didn't read this um, when I opened up our text. But if you can just make note of verses 1 through 5 in Proverbs chapter 6. And I'm not just talking about any kind of debt, all right? Debt, hear this, the debt that's the enemy to provision is debt that you are unable to pay and debt that you are unwilling to pay. Y'all know some of y'all get debt and you just say, I'm just going to get this little credit card, but I ain't going to pay it back. I'm going to take out this little loan and I ain't going to pay it back. Many of us get into debt, watch this, that we're unable to pay and debt that we're unwilling to pay. In other words, many of us have ill-advised debt, right? Because I know y'all got to take out a loan to get the house. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the loan that you need to get you a car to go from, a, from point A to B. I'm talking about ill-advised debt, right? Watch what verses 1 and 2 of Proverbs 6 declares. And notice what the text says. Solomon says this, my son, if you've become a surety for a friend. All right, that means if you, took an, you, you, you owe a loan to a friend. Or if you've shaken hands in a pledge for a stranger. Y'all know you go get that car and you, you sign that little note and you say, I'm going to pay this note off. You are snared by the words of your mouth and you are taken by the words of your mouth. Watch this. That means debt can be a device of poverty. Y'all got to stay with me. Debt can be a device of poverty. This is why we're admonished in Proverbs 22, verse 7. Write that down. I don't want to go too fast because I want to make sure we glean some wisdom on this evening. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. All right. The, the Bible says that the borrower is a slave to the lender because ill-advised debt will keep you controlled by the lender and confined to the lender. Always in a place of lack. Many of y'all got to stop um, overtake, undertake, over um, taking on ill-advised debt. Therefore, if we don't want to find ourselves in a place of poverty, we must ask ourselves these questions. All right, these are some questions we got to ask ourselves. What unnecessary debt have you incurred? That's a good question. I want y'all to, y'all need to be asking yourselves that. Y'all know the debt that you say, just because I had to have it kind of debt. You, you just because you had to have the rain kind of debt, just because, oh, I just had to have a car. I ain't never had nothing in my whole life, and they done approved me for this $50,000 car, but you only make $15,000 a year. All right, that's unnecessary debt that you've incurred. All right, so, and I've also got to ask myself, what debt did I undertake that was not thought out or thoroughly considered. That's a good one. You know how 
I'm gonna give y'all a prime example. Prime, prime example. This, this, this from me and my wife. All right, we. It was a few years ago on our anniversary. We went to, I, I believe it was Savannah, Georgia. We vi we went to Savannah, Georgia, uh, for our anniversary. And y'all know we went in, we went to go look at you know the timeshare presentation. And everything sound good. We got in our heart. We ain't gonna accept no timeshare. We're gonna do this and watch this. We, we bought a timeshare, but it was not thought out or thoroughly considered. Because I said, oh, no, boo, we can go to our bank. We can, get, we can take out um, a, a line of equity in our home, and we'll be able to pay it off, and, and, and we, we can do it just like that. But it was not well thought out. Many of us do stuff, and this is why the Bible says, do not give compulsively. All right? So many times we've getting, gotten ourselves into debt that was not thought out or thoroughly considered. All right, this is why Luke 14, 28 declares, it admonishes us to consider the cost. Before you even sign a note, before you sign that loan, before you say, oh, I just can't, I love how it looks. I love how I, I can stun in this car. I love how this house looks. You need to consider the cost. Somebody put that in the comment box. Consider the cost. All debt ain't bad debt, but it's ill-advised debt that can be a device for poverty. All right. The answers to these questions are critical for us as believers to gain prudence against poverty because those who find themselves watch this in continual debt will be confined in continual poverty. I hope y'all just caught what I just said. It, it, this is why it's so good. You know, you have people, um, Dave Ramsey, who, who, who tries to teach believers how to live debt free. Right, how to be wise or good stewards with our money. Right, so I don't want to find myself as a believer in continual debt. Because if so, I'll find myself confined to continual poverty. All right, so the first thing that I want you to know on tonight, that, that debt is a device of poverty. And not just any debt, ill-advised debt. Right, ill-advised debt. Somebody put that in the comment box. Ill-advised debt is a device of poverty. All right, so let's look at verse number six. Verse number six. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Those that posture themselves to learn are those that gain wisdom against lack. Stay with me. Those that posture themselves to learn are those that gain wisdom against lack. The question then is, what do you know about provision? What do you know about provision? Are you learning? I'm going to make this so um, applicable to your, life, your lives. Are you learning about savings? Are you learning about credit? Are you learning about investments? Because defeating poverty requires you to be a disciple of provision. That's my, my second point on tonight. I've got to be, if I want to always walk in provision, I've got to be a disciple of provision. In other words, a learner or a student of provision. This is, notice what our text says. The text says, consider the ways of the end. In other words, the, it's saying one who operates in provision. Y'all know ants, ants store up stuff, y'all. One who obtains provision and one who owns provision. In other words, a legitimate or a reputable teacher. I've got to be making sure that I posture myself, and this is why I made note of Dave Ramsey. He's a legitimate and a reputable teacher. Many of us, because we never saw provision growing up, we never had anybody to teach us about provision. Me and my wife have these conversations all the time. We came across, I'm, I'm going to just be honest with y'all, over the course of our short life, me and my wife have come across hundreds of thousands of dollars. Y'all think we still got them hundreds of thousands? No, we do not. And, it, and we may have still had them if we would have been a disciple of provision. If we would have had someone who could teach us about savings, who could, who could teach us about our credit, who could teach us about properly investing our money. All right? the, notice this. The question we have to ask ourselves is, it's not enough to learn from someone concerning provision, but are you learning from someone who is legitimate? That's the, the key question, y'all. It's not enough just to learn, because you know everybody nowadays, everybody talking about, oh, I can fix your credit, just inbox me. But I need to know, are you legitimate? 
we have to ask ourselves, and here's the thing, how do I know if they're legitimate? Are they seasoned? What do I mean? How long have they had provision themselves and who has taught them? That's a critical question. When people come to say, hey, I want to teach you how to be a good steward over your finances, are, are they seasoned? How long have you had provision? And who has taught you about provision? And notice this. Here's the other thing. Do they have a level of success? What is their fruit concerning provision? You know, I, I'm, I'm so tired of folk trying to do this credit repair business, and they credit been jacked up for years. No, I need somebody with a level of success. I don't need no get-rich-quick schemes. Has it been produced? Watch this in a godly manner. Because some folk got provision, but it was not produced in a godly manner. So I need to know, are they seasoned? Do they have a level of success? What's their fruit? And has their provision been produced in a godly manner? And notice this. Is what they're, do, what they're doing sustainable? I, I, I don't want a get-rich-quick get scheme. I need to know, is this something sustainable? Is this going to cause some sustainable provision in my life? The work of an ant, you know that they, they were seasoned in how they produced their provision. They always had a level of success. The, the ant always had something to eat. And watch this, what they were doing was sustainable. So this is why, and hear this, why is this critical? The, being a disciple of provision, why is this critical? Because both provision and poverty can be generational because it's learned behavior. Somebody need to put that in the comment box. Both provision and poverty can be generational because it's a learned behavior. That's why they talk about generational poverty, because as soon as I get a little bit of money, if all I saw was my uncles get 22s, if all I saw was my uncles get Jordans, I've learned how to take my provision and waste it away. So I need to know, I, that's why I got to make sure I'm a student or a disciple of provision, because who I learn from will determine if I will operate in lack. Oh, I, I, this good to me. I don't know about nobody else. I, I'm going to teach my children how to operate in a level of provision because poverty and provision is a learned behavior. And some of y'all know this today. Just how your mama used to spend, you spend just like your mama. Just how your daddy used to spend, you spend just like your daddy. Somebody say that I need to, I need to learn better. Put that in the comment box. I need to learn better. Uh, and, and notice this. This is why Proverbs 13, 22 declares this. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Ooh, now that's good to me. That means because provision can be both tangible and taught. Watch what I just said. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That means provision. Don't always think about tangible. Somebody, you, you know what? My dad ain't got to have no money, but if he can teach me how to invest the little money I got, provision can be taught. That's good news. He ain't got to leave me no million dollars. Daddy, just teach me how to handle my hundred dollars and I can operate in a level of provision. So somebody needs to be taught on this evening. Provision must be passed down and we must be willing recipi recipients or disciples of provision. Are you willing to be taught on this evening? You got to find somebody. Therefore, we got to ask ourselves, who are we learning from and what are we learning? Oh, that's a good question, y'all. Who are we learning from as it pertains to provision and what am I learning? Notice this, I'm, I'm rebuking this. I know I, I be saying I don't like to say stuff like this, but I'm rebuking this spirit, y'all. Stop messing with that multi-level marketing. I am. I don't want to do multi-level marketing. Ooh, girl, I'm doing this. Now, I got my own business. That ain't your business. Somebody making money off of you. God, we we got to do better. Are you learning about multi-level marketing or are you learning about the stock market? Folk that operate in big-time money, they ain't doing no multi-level marketing. They operate, and watch this, in the stock market. Somebody say, I need to learn about the stock market. Y'all, that's just put that in the comment box. I need to learn about the stock market, right? Stop messing with that multi-level marketing. 
Because prudence against poverty requires us being disciples of provision. I've got to be a disciple. Somebody declare that in their home. I need to be a disciple of provision. So the first thing I said is that debt, and not just any debt, but ill-advised debt is a device of poverty. Then the other thing I said is that we have to be disciples of provision. Now let's look at verse number seven. It says, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler. I want you to stop right there. All right, your ability to be disciplined will determine your ability to have provision. Y'all heard what I just said? Your ability to be disciplined will determine your ability to have provision. So here's my, my, my next point. I've got to be disciplined concerning provision. I've got to be disciplined concerning provision. Because if what you learn concerning provision does not lead to you being disciplined in your pursuit of provision, that provision will always be in vain. Did y'all hear what I just said? If what you learn concerning provision does not lead to you being disciplined concerning provision, that provision that you receive will always be in vain. Uh, consider how Jesus speaks of the prodigal son. We all know this story, the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, verse 12 through 13. No, notice what the Bible says. If you're taking notes, write this down, because I want you to see this on this evening. Luke chapter 15, verse 12 through 13. Notice what the Bible says. Jesus said this concerning him. He divided his property between them. And watch this, not many days later. Woo! Some of y'all get some money, and not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had, took a journey into a far country, then he squandered his property in reckless living. In other words, the son was undisciplined with his inheritance. God can give you something and it can look like abundance, but if we're not disciplined, we'll never hold on to that abundance. Void of restraint. When you are void of restraint, you will never be, watch this, left with reserves. Oh, somebody needs to hear me this evening. When I don't have a level of discipline, when I don't have restraint around my money, y'all know how y'all get a little money and y'all feel like I just gotta go on a spending, spending spree. Oh, I ain't never have nothing. So I got this little money in my pocket, I might as well spend it now. If you never have a level of restraint around your provision, you'll never be left with reserves. That, that means I'll always be in continual poverty. Therefore, we got to ask ourselves, how disciplined am I about not spending what I do not have? Y'all know we'll spend money that we don't have. What do I mean? I'm just going to put it on a credit card, but you know you ain't going to be able to pay it off. How, how disciplined are you to not spend what you don't have? How disciplined are you about creating and following a budget? I'm just trying to make it practical, y'all. Me and my wife still working on this, all right? How disciplined are you? Can you follow, can you create and follow a budget? And you wonder why you're operating in poverty. How disciplined, watch this, are you about saving for the future? Oh, and watch this, if any of y'all got kids and you got a savings account and your kids ain't got a savings account, that is not of God. The Bible says that a good man lays up an inheritance for his children's children. We just started doing that, y'all. We got a little savings account for Caden and Soraya. But we're trying to be disciplined with our provision. Yeah. All right? So, so how disciplined are you about saving for your future? Don't have no savings account and you got babies and you ain't got no savings accounts for them. Open up a savings account for your babies. All right? Because your discipline with provision will determine how you will be able to deal with poverty. I hope y'all just heard what I just said. Your discipline with provision will determine how you will be able to deal with poverty. And herein lies the problem with many individuals. They receive provision, but their lack of discipline negates them from re reserving that provision. They can't keep it. I don't want God to bless me and I can't keep it. You've got to be disciplined. Somebody put that in the comment box. I've got to be disciplined. Y'all got the little stimulus check, and it's, gone, it's here today, gone tomorrow. You got your little tax refund, it's here today, gone tomorrow. Somebody needs to learn how to be disciplined. And watch this. I, I said that is learned behavior. Yeah. So all we saw was when everybody got their little tax check, 
we getting our hair done, we getting a little outfit, we going on cruises, and nobody thought, let me put a little something away for a rainy day. Let me, let me lay something aside for my children and my children's children. We need to be disciplined. And, and watch this. I believe the folks that's being blessed in this season are disciplined folk. The only, ooh, listen, we sold our house. I want to say it was last year, April. God blessed us with a little bit of money. And watch this. We tried our best to be disciplined. All right? We did not know that this season was coming. So that daycare that costs a lot of money for our two kids, God says, because you're disciplined, I'll make sure you're taken care of. The reason that many of us are not uh, uh, experiencing provision in this season, because we were not disciplined. No discipline. And this is why I consider Proverbs 20, verse 21. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 21. An inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. I've got to be disciplined, y'all. Oh, somebody needs to put that in the comment box again. i got to be disciplined. All right? This is why our text says, speak this up of the ant. Having no captain, no ruler, or overseer, yet still remaining with provision because the ant was disciplined. Ain't nobody telling the ant to go pick up some, some food and bring it back to the, um, the ant hill. All right? The ant is disciplined, y'all. We've got to be disciplined because at some point there won't be anybody telling you not to buy that. There won't be somebody saying, don't open that line of credit. We need discipline. Right? I, I want to make sure that we mature to the place where we can know I don't need to buy that right now. I, I, I need to know. I know that looks good and I know they say zero interest for X amount of months, but I don't need to open that line of credit right now. We've, we've got to be disciplined. And this is why Hebrews 12, 11 admonishes us with these words. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Somebody put that in the comment box so everybody can have it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. It says, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, Woo! but sorrowful. It, it don't feel good because I want it right now. Yet those who have been trained by it afterward, it yields. Watch this. The peaceful fruit of righteousness. I, I, at some, it don't feel good for me not to buy it right now because I know I want it. Listen, y'all, I want to buy my baby, my wife, the nice house. But I know, watch this, it's not the right timing. And God says, if you can just be disciplined, if you could just have a little bit of restraint, I'll make sure that the house that you desire, that I'll give you provision for it. But God says, I need you to have discipline. Somebody needs discipline because the fruit of provision, watch this, is always accompanied by discipline. Anybody who got a whole bunch of money, that's a disciplined person. Bill Gates, I promise you, is a disciplined man. Warren Buffett is a disciplined man. Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks, is a disciplined man. You want provision, and God has said, I'm waiting on your discipline. So I said this, watch this. That debt is a device of poverty, ill-advised debt. I said that we have to be a disciple of provision. And then I said, we've got to be disciplined concerning provision. Now, let's look at verse number eight, and I'm going to be out your way. Verse number eight says, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Watch this. Receiving the harvest of provision, y'all ain't going to like this, requires hard work. If I want to receive the harvest of provision, it's going to require some hard work. In other words, we must be diligent after provision. This is my next point. You've got to be, if I want to operate in provision, i got to be dil diligent after provision. One, one definition of diligent is steady, earnest, and energetic effort. And even sometimes, watch what it says, the, the, the definition say sometimes it's painstaking. I've got to be steady, I've got to be earnest, I've got to have energetic effort, and many times it will be painstaking because your harvest of provision, watch this, will not come overnight, so that means you have to work for provision and you also have to wait on provision. The problem with too many believers, 
We don't want to work for it, and neither do we want to wait on it. That's why, this is why black folk get fooled by multi-level marketing so much because you think it's easy. And you know what they do to draw you in? Oh, it's easy. Just bring, bring a few, free, few folk on your team, and that's going to pay for itself. No, God says if you want godly provision, you've got to work for it, and you've got to wait on it. Poverty will always overcome those, watch this, that are unwilling to work and wait. Somebody put that in the comment box. I got to work on it, and I got to wait on it. I got to work on it, and I got to wait on it. This is why our text says concerning the ant. Watch what it says. It provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So in other words, she's preparing for her provision. Somebody said, I got to prepare for my provision. She works in the summer for what she will eat, eat in the fall. I've got to prepare for my provision because the abundance of provision is produced in seasons. I hope y'all can stay with me. I, I heard my former pastor say, say it like this. This can't be my harvest, so it must be my seed. In other words, what she was saying, that is not her season for her harvest because the abundance of provision is produced in seasons. Therefore, we got to ask ourselves is what am I planning in this season that I desire to reap in the next season? Oh, somebody got to ask themselves that you can't just be dreaming about provision, y'all. I've got to be working on it. So I should be planning something in this season. And in other words, what am I saving in this season for the provision that I need in the next season? I'm going to give you a quick um, um, piece of application. We know we have no clue what it's going to cost to go to college in 18 years. We got two little ones. And my wife, I, from the wisdom of God, said, let's, let's, let's do um, the prepaid college plan. All right? we, we're not paying into something that they can take hold of now. But we're planning for something that they will take hold. Watch this in, the, in a season to come. And many of us are not planning the right stuff in this season to reap the harvest that they want in the next season. Ah, and, and I've got to ask myself, am I willing to wait and continually work until my season of provision manifests? Oh, that's a good, that's, that's good news to me. I, I think she's on right now, and I don't think she minds me saying this. Um, Kenyette has been driving trucks for a while. Right? She's been driving trucks for a while, but she waited and she worked so that she could receive her provision in the season that she's currently in. She waited and she worked in a season where she drove for other folk, where she drove other folks' trucks until she got to the place where she could buy her own truck. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And I've got to be posture myself to work and wait until my season of provision manifests. That's good news for me. Somebody say, somebody um, say thank God for Kenyette. Put that in the comment box. That daughter waited and she worked until her season of provision manifests. That's good news to me. Because hear this. Why is this so critical? Because God dictates the seasons, not us. Did y'all hear what I just said? The reason why I got to wait and work until my season of provision manifests, because God is the one who makes the seasons or dictates the season. So I don't want to be, watch this, the young folk used to say this, I don't know if they still say this, but I used to say it when I was young, I don't want to be caught slipping. I don't want to be caught slipping when my season change. And God is going to be saying, I'm about to change your season, but he's looking for what we're doing in the current season. And many of us, we're not planning, we're not working, we're not waiting, and God says, I'm going to change this season, and you're going to miss out on your provision. Oh, it requires us to be diligent. And, and watch this. This is why Ecclesiastes um, chapter 11, verse 6 says this. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6. It speaks of the necessity of diligence for our provision. Notice what it says. It says, sow your seed in the morning. And at evening, watch this, 
Don't let your hands not be idle. So I'm sowing my seed in the morning, but it also says in the evening, don't let your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Because idleness, watch this, is a friend of poverty. Some of y'all are too idle. And, and, God, and, the, and the word of, uh, of God is declaring idleness is a friend of poverty. My former pastor said it in this manner. What you're working on should be indicative of what you're waiting on. What you're, that, now, when she said that, that was always good. What you're working on should be indicative of what I'm waiting on. If I want abundance, God wants to see, did I put my hands to the plow? God, God wants to know, am I sowing in this season if I'm waiting on provision? My idleness is a friend to provision. In other words, how diligent are you concerning provision? All right? it, it does not mean, watch this, I want to make this clear. Hear me when I say this. This does not mean that we sow in just any ground. I'm not saying that or that we put our hand to just any plow. Oh, y'all, you know how everybody just, I'm just going to do a little bit of this and I'm going to do a little bit of that. Because watch this. Remember, we're a disciple of provision. So we sow in the areas and we are diligent in the areas that are as a result of legitimate and reputable teachers. In other words, those that have a history of harvest. I'm only going to sow in areas that got a history of harvest. I'm going to say this real quick. We've got people that don't go to our church, that's so into our church. We've had people that have watched what we've done, and we're a small church, y'all. We're only a little bit over two years, and people says, I've got to sow into that. Because watch this. They see the history of our harvest. Even in these short two years, oh, they're giving away 100 uh, uh, and something um, pounds. They're giving all these pounds of food away. They're giving out um, um, stuff to the entire community. They're doing a back-to-school event and giving away stuff for free. And people are saying, I see the history of their harvest. Here's what I'm trying to say. You better sow and you better put your hand to the plow in areas where you see a history of harvest. Not just any ground, not just any plow, but those with a history of harvest. Because prudence against poverty requires that we are diligent after provision in the things, watch this, that have a history of harvest. I hope y'all catching this this evening. I hope somebody learning something. And it should be application, y'all. I'm giving y'all practical things to make sure that as a believer, I always or we always operate in provision. All right? Prom provision is promised to the believer. Somebody put that in the comment box. Provision is promised to the believer. All right? Matthew 6 and 8, I gave that to you. Psalm 37, 25, and Philippians 4, 19. And here's what need is, what's necessary for my journey. God will always give me what's necessary for my journey. So this is why the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. Because God says, I'll always give you what's necessary for the journey. But here's the other thing. God wants to ensure that I can be a good steward of what he gives me that's necessary for my journey. And I need wisdom for provision. But prudence will determine if we can ever eat the fruit of provision. Your wisdom will determine if you can eat the fruit of provision. As believers, we must ensure that we don't take on debt, that we are unwilling or unable to pay. Don't do it, y'all. Stop doing it. We're going to stop this. We're going to stop it at the root. Stop taking on debt that you're unwilling to pay. You know you ain't going to pay it or that you're unable to pay. Your bank account don't line up with what they're giving you. Stop doing it. We've got to ensure that we are disciples of provision. I, I gave you all an example. If you can't find a legitimate or reputable teacher in your home, somebody start searching Dave Ramsey. All right? Somebody start um, searching the... Um, I want to, uh, the University of Peace, all right, our Peace University. So it talks about how to be financially free as a believer. If you ain't got nobody in your family, find somebody who's a reputable teacher. And then I've got to ensure that I'm disciplined concerning provision. Y'all stop wasting away this next stimulus check. If some of y'all can, uh, 
are eligible to get it, don't waste it. Ask God before you get it, God, cause me to be disciplined concerning this money that they're going to give me so that I can lay it aside for my provision in the future. We've got to be disciplined, y'all. And then we got to be diligent after provision. God wants me to wait and work for my provision. All right? Why is this significant? Consider verses 9 and 11 of our foundational text, and I'm going to be out y'all way. Notice what the text says. Verses 9 and 11 of Proverbs chapter 6. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. And notice what verse 11 says. So shall poverty come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. Watch this. This level of prudence causes us to be discerning concerning provision. My final thing is, if I want to make sure that provision is always promised to me, I've got to have a level of prudence where I can be discerning concerning provision. Watch what um, verse 11 says. It reminds us that poverty will sneak up on us if we're not discerning concerning provision. Y'all know, you, you were like, here, here's what I'm trying to say. I spent a little money at Walmart. Oh, it's just this little money. I got my check. I can spend that. Ooh, girl, you want to go to um, Mr. and Mrs. Krabs? Oh, I got it, girl. I just got paid. Ooh, no. No, ooh, girl, I just remember that dealers got this sale on Friday. Let's go there. And, and, and watch this. As soon as the rent due, I look at my, my bank account and watch this poverty has snuck up on me because I did not have a level of wisdom to see that poverty was at my doorstep. Many of us, poverty don't just happen overnight, but it sneaks up on us. And God is saying, I want to give you a level of wisdom where you can discern, I don't need to do that because poverty will sneak up on me. I don't need to buy that because I don't want poverty to sneak up on me. I done seen folk get their paycheck and gamble it away over the weekend and don't have the money to pay their rent. That's because poverty snuck up on them and they did not have wisdom to discern provision. Oh, Jesus. Earthly riches may not be God's will for every believer. I'm not saying that you're going to be Warren Buffett. I'm not saying that you're going to be Bill Gates. But hear this. I do believe that poverty is not God's purpose for any believer. And remember what I said. Poverty is not, has nothing to do with assets. It has nothing to do with what's in your account. It has nothing to do with abundance. All that means that I always walk in a level of provision. Everything that I need for this earthly journey, God says, I'll give it to you. And watch this. That means if I'm relegated to the hood and, and I may not be able to live in South Tampa, God says at home in the hood, it'll always be provided for. That's good news to me, y'all. If all I can get is the Honda Civic, and God says, that's what I'm giving you for your journey, God says, I will always provide for that Honda Civic. It's not about what I have, but God says, whatever you need that's necessary for your journey, if you can just have a level of wisdom, I'll always give you provision concerning it. That's good news to me. I want to do this really quickly. I'm going to pray, but are there any questions on tonight? Any questions, any questions? If you have any questions, I want you to put that in the comment box. I can take a few questions before we close on tonight. We should walk in provision as believers. Any questions? I, I pray I made it clear. My sister on, y'all. Hey, Monique. Next time I come down, Monique, I need some of them crabs. It don't make me go into poverty trying to get them crabs. My my sister made the best little seafood plates, y'all. I got to get some. Any questions? Amen. Miss Ozzy's confirmation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't want us to walk in poverty. Even in the midst of a pandemic, we don't have to walk in poverty. God says, I'll provide for my people. Amen. Hey, I want you to share this. I don't think we have any questions. I want y'all to share this. Share this. Somebody's um, 
operating in poverty in this season. Somebody's experiencing poverty, and they're, they're a believer. And God says, I want to bestow wisdom upon them. I want to bestow wisdom upon them. Amen. Let us go to God in prayer. I don't think we have any questions, so let's go to God in prayer. I pray you enjoy this on this evening. Father, we thank you. We honor you, God. Thank you, God, that you can give us wisdom in a wicked world. God, things seem crazy, God. Businesses are closing, God. Um, um, people are losing jobs, God. Matter of fact, I just read on the news that another 1.4 million people filed for unemployment. But, God, you are the God that provides. You are still Jireh. You're the God that provides. And we thank you for that, God. But, God, for us to eat of the fruit of provision, we've got to walk in wisdom. So thank you, God, that we learned on tonight that ill-advised debt is a device for poverty. God, we won't take on debt, God, that we are unwilling or unable to pay. And God, we'll be disciples of provision. God, put somebody in our lives, God, that is a legitimate and reputable teacher. Somebody who has history with harvest. Send them our way, God, that we may learn of them. Learn about um, building our credit from a reputable teacher, God. Learning about savings from a reputable teacher, God. Learning, God, about investments, God, from a reputable man. Watch this, a godly um, teacher, Lord. Help us, God, we pray. And, God, we need discipline. God, we don't want to be like the prodigal son. And just a few days later, we've squandered our inheritance. God calls us when the next refund check comes. God, let us be disciplined concerning it. God, when the next bonus from our job comes, let us be disciplined concerning it. And God, when the next stimulus checks come, if we can be recipients, recipients of it, let us be disciplined concerning it. And God, we pray, God, that we can be diligent after our provision. We'll wait on it, God. Some of us, have you've given us dreams and vision for businesses. God, we might not be millionaires now, God, but we'll wait and we'll work until we are, if that's what you promise over our lives. God, many of us, God, want to be authors, God, and, and, and things of that nature, God. We may not be well-known now, God, but we'll wait and we'll work on it until our provision manifests. And God, we pray, God, that we won't allow poverty to sneak up on us. But God, we now have the wisdom to be discerning concerning provision. So when we see poverty at our doorsteps, God, we'll be able to discern it, and we'll be able to rebuke it and resist it, and we can walk in the provision that you've called for our lives. We love you and adore you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident, because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.